Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families. And in this episode of Enterprising Families, I have Robert Rubenstein, who is doing amazing work in impact investing. And he is here today to just tell us why or share with us and answer the question, is impact investing the right strategy for African family offices or family offices in general, no matter where you are in the world? Welcome, Robert. Well, well, thank you very much for having me. How, how do I pronounce your first name? Taitsi? Sitsi. Sitsi. Okay. Thank yes. Thank you very much for uh, organizing this and also uh, allowing me to join you. I'm so honored to have you on here uh, because I am a great admirer of the work that you do and the authenticity that you bring to the table as you're doing this work. Can you please tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Sure. Uh, so for the last 25 years, the company I started, TBLI Group, has been working to create a financial system that works for all, not just for a few, by educating investors and service providers and fund managers and family offices about sustainable investment, ESG, or impact investing, which I'll give a definition shortly. So the, the work that we do, the conferences, webinars, retreats, learning journeys, investors. So all of that is to help educate investors so they better understand what is ESG and impact and why is it relevant for them. And fortunately, it's very easy to convince people uh, because fundamentally everyone is looking for some type of purpose. And when they realize they can have a market rate return from these type of investment, and also improve society and the environment, it's very hard to come up with a reason, maybe Donald Trump could come up with a reason, but very hard for normal, sensible people to say, no, this is a terrible, I want all my money to make life miserable for everybody. I've never met anyone in 25 years who said that to me, ever. So it's really, for me, it's always been, it's an educational issue. And when people realize they can, integrate their personal values, whether it's philanthropic, and they can actually invest their money that improves society, improves the environment, and gives them a financial return, most jump at it. But at the moment, they think, no, we make money, we give a little bit of money to charity, subsidized by taxpayers, and that's how we're going to do it. But you're working with a very the small percentage of your assets, 5% usually, uh, because of the tax code, we're saying take 100%, create a risk-adjusted portfolio mm-hmm. that gives you the financial returns you need and has a social environmental added value. And if you want to give away an additional 5%, you're using 105% of your money, not 5%. Mm-hmm. So it's a much more effective way if it's important. If it's not important and you really don't care, that's fine. That's okay. Not a judgment call it's your money you can do what you like but most people uh, are happy to embrace that particularly uh next gen 
and many, many family offices who basically were started with a value system to begin with. Mm -hmm. So first things first, what is impact investing? And the reason I ask that is um, it's the word is thrown around a lot by a lot of people who are trying to get people onto their investment and trying to uh, get funding, capital, whatever it may be. And there's really, it's become murky. And I want my listeners to actually understand what is impact in investing in itself and why is it important? Sure. Um, for us, for us, our definition might not be the one that everyone else is using because at the moment everyone looks at it as a kind of a fitness club. So I want the membership card, but I don't want to get on the exercise machine to actually lose any weight. So I look, I have my membership card. I signed the PRI, Principal Responsible Investing. So I'm in the club. No, no, you just have a card. It's an aspirational. So for us, impact investing is investments that have a clear, measurable, beneficial improvement of society environment. And in, in, a, in the definition we're using, while you're making money, do you, does your company improve, maintain, or worsen the social and environmental balance? 99% worsen. Everybody pollutes, wastes energy, uses raw materials, might not treat their staff, might get fines, corrupt, whatever. Most companies worsen the social environmental balance. And if you don't know what is a social balance, after you came back from two or three or four weeks holiday, how do you feel? And then coming back into the office and then the, 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 the nightmare begins again. Um, and if you maintain or improve the social environmental balance, that means you are very resource efficient. You're not using many raw materials. You're not using a lot of energy. You're not wasting a lot of water. You have a great place to work. You don't have to spend so much money in finding the best and the brightest. They stay with you. You don't have to spend so much retraining it. So all of those benefits, all of the, those issues lead to more profitability. So it's just a very smart way of running your company, you know, maintaining or if you could improving the social environmental balance. Uh, it, 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 the business case is clear. You know, if you're, if you're wasting less on the input uh, and you're maintaining the, the output, that means you're making more money. If you're spending less on getting, keeping and find and finding um, staff, you're making more money. Uh, if you're in a situation where there's massive, massive unemployment and people will do anything to work for you, that's a different situation. I understand that. I'm not comparing about that. I'm talking a normal situation. Um, attracting the best and the brightest is key. And also dramatically reducing our uh, CO2 emissions, CO carbon as a cost now, it didn't have a cost. So all of these things, impact investing just tries to invest in things that leads toward maintaining or improving the social environmental balance. Okay. But it's not always the definition that the, uh, the impact mafia likes to use. The impact mafia. I like that. Okay. So my next question would be, can you give um, 
Can you give us some examples of impact investing um, sure. that people would be able to identify in such an opportunity if it came up? Sure. One of the easy, everybody, big investors like pension funds and very large that are that care about climate are looking, okay, I have lots, I have millions, hundreds of millions, billions invested in the economy, in companies, listed and non-listed. Now, I really want to reduce my CO2 emissions in my investments, okay? So what is the easiest, cheapest way to decarbonize portfolios uh, quickly? One of the easiest ways is a very, very extremely boring sector called public transport infrastructure. Public transport infrastructure has to invest 2.3 trillion with a T a year, not in five every year, because public transport is expensive. You have buses and metros and rail lines and that. So the Global Organization of Public Transport Systems, UITP, they asked me how could we find other sources of money because we normally would go to a local bank the bank would cut and paste the bond of the last time, go back to the same investors, and then charge several million dollars for that. And I asked them as a joke, I said, when you borrow the money, do you pay it back? He said, yeah, 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 we're double A rated, we're public-private partnerships. So I said, well, you're the only thing that ticks every box. You provide yield in a period of negative yield. You have no technology risk. You're buying buses, you're buying subways, you're not building you know, the Hyperloop, um, you provide steady returns, no volatility, steady cash flow, your public private, you have all of the benefits and you decarbonize, you're zero to low carbon. That is a very, very simple example. But if you speak to any of your family office friends, hey, how many of you have a strategy of decarbonizing by investing in public transport infrastructure? They'll look at you and say, who is this woman? She's crazy. I never heard of this. So no one talks about it. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So you've got that sector. Then you have the another sector, which is fuel-free energy, or what you will call, many will call renewable energy. I don't like to call it renewable. It's fuel-free. You're not paying for fuel. If you're not paying for fuel, it's a one-time infrastructure cost. It's why would you want to pay for fuel? Um, that's another sector for people to invest in impact. You've got healthcare, you've got education. The second largest employer in the world is hospitality. You could do vocational training to provide jobs in an area of tourism and have it locally grown. Food, private equity, secondary market of the development, finance institutions, all of these sectors um, provide yield at low risk and have a clearly social environmental benefit. As I was saying about hospitality, it's not a sexy sector, but second largest employer, the first largest is small scale agriculture. Another sector that you can dramatically help farmers make more money. There are many, many examples that work toward making sure the farmer uh, reduces their, uh, their emissions and also uses less pesticide or no pesticide shipped to organic. So the, the list is, is literally endless, endless. Um, it's a question of making the decision that you want to do this and doing it. And if you don't want to do it, 
um, that's okay. My point is stop talking about it. Too many people are constantly talking about impact, but not doing it. And you'll put out, particularly the big banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, the, you know, the four big American banks account for 40% of all fossil fuel investments. 40% at the same time, they keep talking about sustainability impact. It's not about what you say, it's about what you do. There is no shortage of opportunities. The issue is, is that there is a, um, there is a lack of infrastructure. So if you're looking for things, it can be a challenge for you to find what you're looking for and to execute and to invest and die this and things. That, that, that is true, that is a bit harder. But when people say, I can't find anything, I always say, where are you looking? Or if you're looking on Bloomberg, okay, you're not gonna find it. You know, but it's like, you have to go into a different neighborhood. If you say, I can't find anything in my neighborhood, just go to another neighborhood. The world is big. There is no shortage of opportunities and there is no shortage of opportunities at scale. Large, small, big. And I just use public transport infrastructure because people understand it. You buy electric buses or you, you renovate subways or you're putting a new subway line, people get it. And as the roads fill up more and more, the demand for public transport will only go up and the demand for reducing CO2 emissions will also go up. This is a very simple way in a period of, of negative yields from interest rates. Uh, and it's a good way of decarbonizing portfolios. And it's just simple debt. It's not subprime collateralized debt obligations. And so let's say I'm an investor. I'm interested in investing, like you were saying before. Where, where would they start looking for impact investments? How would they find them? Is there agencies, organizations? I mean, there, there are many, many, um, it's like, it's almost like blockchain. Everybody's an expert on blockchain, even though it, they only started six months ago. And unfortunately, that's the same with the impact space. Many advisors have started a short while ago. So it's important to, uh, network either at events or organizations or reach out to people who claim to be have pipelines and advisors for family offices. We, we do that, but usually we find a lot of, a lot of the families that contact us are curious. They're not serious. So they want a little bit of this information. So I, I said, you know, come to our event, you know, you can kick the tires, you can meet other people, you'll meet other families doing that. That's one of the easiest ways is to engage with other families who are doing impact because it's, you know, it's a tribe, the family office world, they speak a tribal language. Um, so engaging with them uh, addresses the issue of trust, finding advisors that are in the space a long, long time, checking to see are you doing this on the side? And do you have like a toxic waste investment arm, which is most of your investments there and this we're doing. So if it's important to you, pressure your advisors to really push for this. You're working with a private bank or you have a family office, you have all kinds of advisors, get them uh, to move on this because until now, many of them were blocking the door. 
it was re it's really unfortunate if you had an interesting impact opportunity that their client would be absolutely interested often they would say oh, our client's not interested in this at all so they would block the door because they're afraid the client might lose money or their AUMs would go down because you're taking money out of the the bank into another place of the AUMs of that wealth manager. So my, uh, my advice always, first get some information about what is, what is for you an impact investment. Learn about it, whether come to our events or webinars or others, go to other events, speak with other thought leaders in the family office space. If you want any introductions to other family office, happy to do that and just feel comfortable with it and try each year to do a little bit more. You don't, you know, most people don't go from nothing. You know, I only invest in coal and toxic waste and child smuggling and weapon smuggling and drug smuggling. And then I go right into full hundred percent. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. There is a transition. And if I look at every single family office, um, they took the time to better understand it. And that's fine, uh, but they do need to pressure their advisors to move on this because the advisors have been blocking the door. You know, I can tell you when we started TBLI 25 years ago, which organization completely, not only blocked the door, they barricaded the door, they put tanks in front of it, they cement sealed it. That was Mercer, Watson, Towers, all of them, all of the pension fund advisors they were all blocking the door because they didn't know of it. The minute, the minute that they saw we could write ours, all of a sudden they became experts on it. McKinsey, all of them, they were not early to the table. They were waiting, you know, until things were happening and the client was asking for stuff. So if you're interested, if you're serious about it, uh, find out what, does your um, advisor think? What does your private bank think? And if they say, well, there's nothing out there, he said, okay, I'll go look for it. I'll let you know when I find it. Because that's what they hate. They hate when you might actually leave them. And then they start to move. So if it's important to you, you can change the financial system by requiring your advisors to take this seriously. Uh, have, invite thought leaders into your family office and organize bespoke events. That's, you know, it's very simple. Maybe you have two people in your family office. Maybe you have a hundred people. I don't know, usually they're quite small. But organize meetups, invite thought leaders. Uh, you can look at all of the webinars we've done uh, this year prior, we have many on YouTube, you can watch those freely. You can join every week we do web webinars to learn about various aspects. So there's a lot of free information out there, you know, read books, um, but decide for yourself, how important is this? If it's not important to you, that's okay. Just don't start because it's very tiring in putting in a lot of effort and trying to move things forward when, you know, uh, it's the client or the, the advisor just doesn't move on it because they don't believe in it, which is fine. That's okay. I'm not bothered by that.
you know, as to paraphrase Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at impact investments, I know there's different types of investors with different types of um, investment appetite. Which type of investor do you have to be to go into impact investment? And what I mean by this is that, is it something people should be mentally prepared for it? Is it going to be, is it a quick returns or is it a long-term returns? And when they go into it, because it's impact, it's something that should make a difference in the world. What, um, what should they be looking at as an investor? What is their returns? Because I think Unfortunately, with the world, the way the world has been set up, and anyone invests in anything, everyone wants to know how much am I getting back and when am I getting it back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's the same with traditional investment at, at the moment, and you know, some people have done really well, particularly if you're Jeff Bezos and you're doing home delivery in the in the e-commerce space, and other people didn't. So, and they were not even doing impact investment. Many people were getting negative interest. You know, that's, that, that's pretty bad. You're going, you're losing money every year by just depositing your money with a bank. Mm. Uh, so if you're comfortable with, with that, you know, that's fine. Uh, there are many, many investment opportunities. I would say that you have to approach this more as a farming exercise and not a hunting exercise. You know, the financial sector are hunters. They like quick returns and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are examples. I had examples of plant-based companies uh, that was invested six months before by a, a VC, plant-based solutions in pro protein, mm -hmm. and was bought by another company. So I had, you know, 50, 80% return. So yeah, sure. You can, you know, it's, it's, I would always choose a sector that you actually understand. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand it, um, don't bother. Try to, you know, if your family is in food mm -hmm. and food distribution, mm -hmm. there are many, many interesting funds or companies that address the eliminating CO2 in the supply chain of the food sector. Mm. Uh, if you're in, if you're in food production, there are many there. If you're in in healthcare or education, it, I think it's first find out what do you understand, what are you passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, don't get nerve. You know, don't jump into cryptocurrency and get freaked out because the price of blockchain, you know, uh, Bitcoin went down seventy percent in a day. Mm. Yeah, that's that's just the nature of of that space, and you don't and you, it's just you know, kind of a wild west. But I would take a farming approach, which is what most of the family businesses, they didn't expect 100% return in, in six months when they started their business, they, they built it up. And that's uh, the same thing is just you, you need to invest a little, you know, a bit regularly. And long term, you'll miss the, the peaks and, and spikes. Uh, but it is important to focus on a sector that's important to you, whether it's healthcare, education, transportation. And if you understand that space, great. And make sure that you get uh, independent uh, experts that can provide you with a pipeline of opportunities. Um, the world is big. You know, Africa is a massive continent. And yes, there's lots and lots of opportunities, but start small. Uh, 
you know, set up a portfolio, see how it goes, speak to other portfolio managers or family offices or advisors in this space or other families who are doing this that you respect uh, because no one always makes money. Anybody who says, I never lose money, you know they're lying because that doesn't exist. Yes. So it's, it's important to um, take a long-term decision about this. But this idea that impact loses money and traditional investment only makes money, yeah, uh, sorry. I think we, we went through the financial crisis, Madoff, Parmalat, Enron, WorldCom, all of the trillions wiped off the map because of bad financial reporting. Very rarely anything on the ESG uh, or impact side at that scale. So um, uh, do or do not, it's, you know, there's no, there's no trying. But if you take the time, you look at it, you study it and align it with what are your specific values, there is no shortage of opportunities. I, I'm happy to point anyone in, in a direction or connect them with, with someone who, who might be able to uh, share their experience. That's really what it's about. We're not, I'm not creating anything that's not there. I'm just mm -hmm. greasing the wheels. People basically want to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. They're just a bit nervous. They don't have experience. And these mm -hmm. are professional investors, so they don't dive in. You know, let's put 100% of all of our money in crypto. They don't do that. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, with any investment, uh, whether it is um, impact or otherwise, there's always that due diligence that you have to make as an investor and sure. um, understanding what the investment is and, and instead of just throwing money at it, really. Correct. Correct. That's, ab that's absolutely uh, true. You have to do the due diligence. This, and most impact investors do that. They do the same level of due diligence that they would do for any traditional investments. Um, unfortunately, what you do see at the same time is the ones doing the most are talking the least. Mm -hmm. The ones doing the least are talking the most. So people gravitate to the press releases. Mm -hmm. But if you, as we say in Brooklyn, pull up the kimono, you see there's really nothing underneath there. There's nothing there. It's just a nice story, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, Larry Fink, he made big noise about we're going to really look at sustainability. It's going to be the new focus going to address climate. But when you read his letter, what he really said is, we're not going to use our money to fix the climate problem. We're going to make money on the climate risk. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But that's not addressing the problem. That's mm -hmm. just hedging your bets and making money off of the risk, but that's not fixing anything. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it depends what you, if you just want to make money, you don't really care if um, the average temperature in Zimbabwe is 65 Celsius, or you don't care that all the crops fail because there's no uh, there's no rains. Well, okay, fine. You know, you jump on the the uh, the uh, rocket that to the Mars and and start a new uh, community that Elon Musk wants to do. But some of the billionaires need to do is. We have got to get out of here because this is going to be really bad. It will be very bad. It will be. We waited way too long. The problem is not going to get better. We can we can fix it, but it's not going to get better quickly. So we have to really all hands on deck, 
and make a serious commitment. Mm. Uh, we already have three and a half times the GDP, the global GDP in wealth, according to Credit Suisse. Mm. So we have two, you know, or, or three and a half times, there's plenty of money to fix the problem. Yes, there's you definitely know, if, plenty of money. If Jack Ma goes from 17 billion to 80 billion, is he going to be able to buy a bigger meal for dinner with 80 billion instead of 17 billion? How much is enough? Mm. You know, thank you so much, Robert, for joining me on this episode of Enterprising Family. And um, I'd like to just um, ask you if you could share how people can get hold of um, your organization and um, learn more okay. about the important work you're doing. I know there's a few conferences coming up and there's always um, some discussion forum that you have going on that really helps people understand better impact investing and the different opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. Well, if, uh, if you go to tbliconference.com, you'll go to the landing page of most of our events. Mm -hmm. So if you go, that's the easiest, tbliconference.com, and then you'll see the events page, and you can see the, 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 the annual summits for Asia and Americas. Asia is November 19th and 20th, Americas is December 3rd and 4th. Then we have weekly webinars around a certain theme. We'll have the person who wrote the Freshfields report. We have, uh, we had a really fascinating discussion last week about post-growth companies and how the Silicon Valley model is broken. Mm -hmm. uh, this week we have it on uh, um, the imposter syndrome, which is basically the massive amount of stress in most companies and that people are not really operating at their, their optimum. And then every two weeks we have, uh, for investment allocators, investors, we have uh, investor salons where three investment opportunities present to an audience of investment of investment allocators. Mm -hmm. So it's weekly webinars, bi-weekly investor salons, which is only for in, in investors. And then uh, November, December, we have two big summits. So if you go to theconference.com or just send me a, an email at robert at tblgroup.com or robert at tbli.org. I'm happy to answer uh, most of your questions. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm quite accessible on LinkedIn. That's actually how we, we met. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to help any of your uh, relations because uh, Africa, first of all, is, is a massive continent with massive opportunities and everybody's running after, you know, uh, Africa, not always for the right reasons, you know, to a new type of imperialism to slash and burn. Um, but there's also a lot of very, very successful entrepreneurs and investors. And once they really understand what is impact, it's just a smart way of looking at all of the risks. That's all it is. Thank you so much, Robert. I do appreciate you and your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for organizing this. Awesome.